0: Kind of
1: on a slab of concrete outside McKeldin Library, there's a group of students gathered around, some sitting on benches and some cross-legged on the ground. They're talking about philosophy, politics, pop culture, and they're smoking. That's what people walking by recognize them for.
0: It's interesting. You walk by and you're like, this is a smoker section. I'm surprised that they're there because it'll be like really hot out and they'll still be out there smoking. So. I think it's like bad for your health.
1: You're a smoke-free campus yet, but it's in the center of campus and you like They know some people judge them for it, throwing a glare or coughing as they walk by, but they think that can be a bit of a double standard.
0: People will judge you for smoking a cigarette, but they do coke off dirty bathroom frat toilets, you know, or like they smoke ketamine every morning before they go to class or like Papa in or something like that.
1: So today, we hear their story. I'm Nora Eckert, and this is episode one of Offbeat, a podcast by the Diamondback. Because this is our first episode of Offbeat, let me tell you more about what it is and why we're doing it. In the podcast, we'll be diving into some of our stories that are a bit different than our typical news coverage. We'll chat with all the people involved and with the Diamondback journalists who reported on the story. And we'll have some other segments on the pod, such as Q&As about things that might puzzle you around campus or updates on current campus events. So let's go back to that slab of concrete outside McKeldin, the smoke spot. I went to the spot with Matt McDonald, the reporter from the Diamondback who first got in touch with the group. The sun beat down on us as we sat on the pavement. It was climbing into the high 80s that day, and even though we were all pretty much sweating, no one complained or suggested moving. This was their spot. The group of about eight people jumped from topic to topic, talking about steroids and sports,
0: or just pure testosterone. TV shows. 90 Day Fiance, hilarious. Oh my god, I love that And
1: presidential history.
0: So like, it was either Taft or Cleveland who, when he-
1: And that was all in the first 10 minutes I sat with them. Their attention shifted when one of them, named Ariel Levchenko, dove into a philosophical discussion about worm theory. And worm theory, of course, is, it's a theory. Definitely a theory. It's, uh, it's about how we're made up a bunch of slices from different I points in time. Actually, sure. let's just let so Arielle like explain standard, this one. What's
0: called worm theory says that all of these are like instantaneous temporal parts. And then what you are, as a At person, that
1: point, he took out a pad of paper to explain it.
0: Makes more oh. sense if you draw it. Yeah.
1: And there were some parts that people weren't buying. Why is the, the, yes, why, why is OK, there, well, so, but then, not arbitrary, well, I guess. OK, well, so for that. It's... Actually, let's not get into worm theory right now. That's just a lot for the first podcast. But this is what their conversations are like. They dive into deep discussions that are peppered with funny digressions. Yeah, where,
0: my name is Helga. To the point where uh,
1: one named Heidi <laughs> People come and go from the spot, weaving into conversation seamlessly. You can tell everyone feels really comfortable with each other. And at one point, a girl with a tied-up white T-shirt, jeans, and black combat boots came over to the group. Hi, hi. you? Good, how are you doing, Jake? Her name is Paola Williams, and she's been hanging out at the spot for about two years. As a junior, she's seen the group's change. A lot of people
0: have left. A lot of people that used to hang out there were more, like, punk, hippie kind of people. But there
1: are some things that kept her coming back.
0: The coolest people and the most genuine people that I've met on campus have been smoking. It's
1: more than just a smoking spot for her.
0: Yeah, definitely stability and definitely family. I've met all of my closest friends. I met my boyfriend Ronnie here.
1: Paula um, commuted for the first couple of years of college and when she finally moved to campus this year, this spot and these people felt like home for her it
0: was really hard for me to connect with people and like find that common ground. Whereas here you can just start a conversation about anything and it doesn't have to be small talk. And even the small talk that gets started quickly transforms into either philosophical conversation or just pop culture or even just something dumb. Like I remember one of my first semester here, there was an ongoing debate about whether the Pope and the Dalai Lama masturbate. And the common consensus was yes,
1: because why else would they have roads?
0: In 2013,
1: UMD declared it was a smoke free institution. So, students, faculty, and staff aren't allowed to smoke on campus, except for four designated spots. The slab outside McKeldin is one of them. These spots are for people who are working towards quitting, as the smoke free UMD website puts it. But not everyone who hangs out at the spot smokes cigarettes, Paula says.
0: Yeah, a lot of people vape but still come here. Um, a lot of people who used to smoke but quit and who started vaping come just to socialize and hang out and all of that.
1: We pulled aside one of the guys who's been trying to quit smoking. His oh, name yes is Jake so Beardsley, and he's a senior. I guess for a couple of years now, or maybe like a year and a half. Um, he's been dueling to try to stop smoking, but it's not for the smoke, reason you um, might think. But I've been trying to, to quit because, because it smells gross. It's honestly like not a health thing, but I was- Even though he's not like, smoking as much right now, he comes to this spot because he said the people in the conversation are really refreshing for him.
0: Oftentimes the people who tend to smoke today, kind of exists like in a liminal space like on the margins of society in in various ways and that gives them like a really unique perspective.
1: So he breaks down what that means. I guess
0: first of all it sounds kind of cliche like I'm
1: not like other girls
0: but like (laughs) it is like they are different like way more like artistic types a lot more like queer people like like as a queer person it's really nice having that camaraderie and also people are different in terms of like a lot of international students so we have like on a given day I'll get to hang out with like um someone from Albania, South Korea, China.
1: And he said they end up hanging out when they're not at the spot too. It's a friend group that's brought together by smoking but maintained by much more than that. So a little bit of background about why we reported on this story. During a meeting one day, some of our editors and reporters were saying that they consistently saw some of the same people hanging out at this smoke spot. And they're a group that's pretty widely recognized across campus, but we didn't really know anything about them. So, as a start, we decided to just go say hi. Our fearless reporter, Matt McDonald, did just that. Welcome to Diamondback, (laughs) offbeat. I'm pretty sure he's trying to replace me, but we'll put a pin in that for later. Uh, Before I joined him with all of my audio gear, Matt hung out with the group for about an hour or so to get to know them and get a sense of who they were.
0: I approached them and I'm like, hey, I'm from the Diamondback. Uh, We're just kind of interested in in y'all. Uh, Do you mind if I just kind of, you know, sit down and and chill with you guys for a bit? And they're like, yeah, sure, definitely. How quickly they welcomed me was surprising. Um, You know, I was kind of expecting to get like a little bit maybe uh, of pushback or uh, maybe even some skepticism. That wasn't the case at all. It was like immediately like, yeah, sure, sit down, yeah. like. Uh,
1: Matt said one of the biggest stuff. things he noticed right off the bat was how comfortable everyone was. There was an authenticity to the interactions and the people here. You could just tell how much they liked hanging out with each other and they could talk about whatever they wanted.
0: You could just kind of, I don't know, <laughs> be who you wanted to be. Uh, it can mean to you what you sort of wanted it to mean to you.
1: Now, this is the part of the podcast where we'd normally answer some of your questions about puzzling things around campus, such as what's the source of all that steam that pops up under sidewalks? In the future, we're looking forward to doing that. But this week, there was one question we heard around campus that we thought needed addressing. And to answer that, we're going to walk from the smoke spot to just the other side of McKeldin, where last week, a group of religious demonstrators set up in the space. The group of four held signs that said, feminists support pedophilia and Jesus or hellfire. And the students came out in droves to oppose them. There were hundreds gathered on the mall. The demonstrators hurled slurs at them, and students responded with more than just shouts, playing music, dancing, kissing, hugging, and some even took off their shirts in protest. The demonstrators were there for around three hours, but they weren't pushed out, and a lot of people were left wondering why. And things escalated. They pointed at some students and said they would be raped because of the way they were dressed. The police were right there most of the time, setting up caution tape and asking students to step off sidewalks or clear pathways, but they didn't ask the demonstrators to leave. We asked a few students what they thought about that. Here's freshman Carrie Major.
0: I think especially in the terms of like using derogatory language and directly like kind of coming at students that way, like at least just like coming at anyone that way and being like super aggressive and derogatory towards someone else, I think is definitely
1: pushing that boundary. And here's Paul Rapuzzi, who's also a freshman.
0: Uh, While I obviously didn't really agree with them, I do always agree in uh, First Amendment rights and protests. Like, everyone should be allowed to share their opinions as long as they're not getting violent and stuff like Mm -hmm. that.
1: So our managing editor of the Diamondback, Arya Hojat, did some reporting on this. He talked with Professor Martin Cobrin, who's the teaching assistant for a First Amendment class. And what did you ask him?
0: So basically, I asked him, like, were there any grounds for the university or police to push off? to push these protesters off the campus. And what he said was basically since the university has always held itself as a public forum, given like, its status as like a state institution, and the fact that like anyone can just walk in on here, there are like a lot higher standards when it comes to restricting speech on there. I did speak to a girl who like said that the demonstrators told her that she was gonna get raped this weekend if she kept wearing leggings. And the reason why that was basically permitted to stay on campus is because it's not considered an immediate threat to violence.
1: So it all comes down to this Supreme Court case called Brandenburg v. Ohio. And this isn't a podcast about First Amendment law, so I'll keep this short. The law says that in order for speech to be prohibited, it has to be directed at or incite lawless actions. So basically, it has to prompt violence. We reached out to the communications department of the university to see if we can get an answer to this question. They said, and I quote, UMPD was present throughout the demonstration and counter-protest, and officers on the scene were constantly assessing threats to individual and public safety. This event concluded without physical injury or harm. Also, I should note that it's common for us to review matters after the fact, and we'll continue to do so here. That's from university spokesperson Katie Lawson. We also reached out to spokespeople from University of Maryland and Prince George's County police departments, and they said there were no arrests from the protest. So that's it for our first episode of Offbeat. Thanks for tuning in and follow more of our coverage at dbknews.com. For all of us at The Diamondback, I'm Nora Eckert. We'll talk to you soon.